Hey guys, Nick here. No new episode of Stuart and Stephanie this week, so I thought as a stopgap I would upload something I recorded earlier this year with the wonderful Katie Royer. You may recognise her as Alexandra on this season of Stuart and Stephanie, although she's doing a British accent there. What you're about to hear was intended to be the first episode of a new podcast called Let's Get Famous, but we didn't continue for various reasons. We explain a bit about the idea for the show at the beginning, but it's basically a fun, casual chat about the topics of fame and creative goals. I am still kind of interested in doing something like this in the future, interviewing people about their own attempts at fame and whatnot, so feel free to let me know your thoughts on Facebook or Twitter. It's important to note, however, that this is not a finished product, and the conversation might jump around a bit due to editing and the fact that we were still figuring it out as we went along. That being said, I hope you enjoy the first and so far only episode of Let's Get Famous. Hello and welcome to Let's Get Famous, the podcast where we discuss how to get famous, why to get famous, and what to get famous. My name is Nick. I've been trying to get famous for most of my life now, and this is just the latest attempt at it. I'm here with my friend, Katie Royer. Hello, Katie. Hello, Nick and you... viewers. Hearers. Listeners. Listeners is the word. Listeners, yeah. Uh, and you, you are in Los Angeles, California, as we speak, correct? That is correct. That is. We've never discussed it. I assume you live in one of the letters of the Hollywood sign. I won't ask which uh, one. Yeah, I live in the O. Okay. We won't say which one because we don't want to give too much personal information. Well, there's three O's. Yeah. So I think I'm good. They'll That's never true. find me. Yes. Uh, and you have, well, t- tell us a bit about yourself and your, how you've, how you came to be in the position you currently are in. I'm Katie. I am 30 years old. I live in Los Angeles. I'm terrible at describing myself. I have been trying to get famous since I was about 18 and realized that I needed a plan. And uh, so I decided to go for acting and I (laughs) Um... You decided to go for acting. So you really for you, the famous bit came first. Is that what you're saying? And then you wanted well, to do acting. I think it was. I think it was a few things. I, I think where the fame entered in was I. Acting was something that I enjoyed. It seemed like the only thing that I enjoyed that could ever potentially overlap with money, which I realize is ironic because all the advice I was given was, "You will never have money from a range of people, from people who I respected and wanted the best for me and wanted me to pursue it." from people who didn't want me to pursue it. Generally, the consensus was, if you want to make money, do anything else. And I was like, no, I think that I could make money doing only this. <laughs> so I, and I- mean, I, You have done other and, things. You have made money through other means. You, you worked in a, a morgue for a while. Yes, I was a um, funeral arranger which means an unlicensed funeral director. I think technically it probably means something else, but at least in the state of California, you can be a funeral arranger and work for a funeral director with no qualifications or college degree, which is what I had at the time. 
Um, and I did make more money than that than I have ever made at acting. But you go out for, you are still trying to become a, a, a famous actor. You go out for auditions. And yes, I, I go out for auditions. I just filmed an audition about half an hour ago, which if I got, um, is actually a really great script. Um, it's an AFI short film, a really cool character, and it would pay me $0 a day. So it's going well. My <laughs> plan okay. to become a famous full plate actor is going well. So um, the no, takeaway but- is... If you make, if you get this, if you get this part, you'll have the opportunity to not be paid. We'll see. Yes. So here's where the mind divides. So there's the part that we've talked about now, which is sort of the upfront, what everybody tells you, you know, it's hard to make money, et cetera, which is still true in like, if I got this part, that would still remain true for me. My financial hopes would not blossom, but where your mind can also go is, oh, this film will get into a lot of festivals. You know, Jennifer Lawrence's agent will see me. And I think it gets to the core of why we started this, is that we we sort of, uh, we discussed, we think that anyone trying to get into show business in any form, whether they want to admit it or not, does want to become famous. I would, I would say, show business I would specify like anything that has to do with film Mm. almost because I do think a friend was telling me about her friends that are dancers and they're not you know the sort of backup dancers that are going to be in a music video maybe they'll be in a really cool theatrical performance that travels all over the world and they make a living and it's amazing but they're not going to be in the next Marvel movie they're not going to be a household name and they do it because they love it. Um, so do I do you think, think that's while it's not, you know, world famous, it is a type of, uh, of fame. Like I'm not saying I need to be Robert Downey Jr. I could be, I don't know, Robert, <laughs> Robert Downey Sr. <laughs> who was, I don't know how famous he was. I don't know much about him, but he was an actor. Um, and, but, but people, people knew him. It it could be just you know, you know, internet famous or small comedy community famous. You know, that's at least for me. It doesn't have to be, but it does have to be recognition from more than just people I know. Would you say that it's recognition from peers that you respect and admire? Like, is that what you mean? Yes but also from people I don't admire. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's multiple people, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. It would ideally be something I respect myself for doing. I do care about the, the stuff that I make, but at the end of the day, if that, is the, that is the goal. And I, I feel like this, as as the years go by, we are encouraged more and more to be more open about things. We are we are now allowed to say that we are attractive. I don't, of course, because for obvious reasons. But but things like that, we're allowed to say I'm good at this. It's and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We are encouraged to be confident. But yeah, I think we, we were talking that the the idea of saying I want to be famous. I feel in some way that I deserve to be famous 
is is still kind of unheard of and i think you know what's let's drop the pretext let's let's just get into it maybe it's an ugly part of ourselves but that that's interesting too um it's yeah it's there and i think i think something that interests me is is that um you know even at like sorry there's a police siren outside my window um <laughs> rude um <laughs> is that uh no i've lost the thought keep we'll keep that's going uh well yes okay let's get into uh, the main theme of this particular episode, which is we're going to go through Casey's IMDb page. She has a number of, of credits on here, some um, of projects that she was uh, in charge of or that she wrote for and some that she was hired for. Uh, it's organized a bit strangely. There's, it's not in, all in chronological order, although it is mostly. But let's go from the the first acting credit on here which was in 2011 uh, we the people with gloria allred uh, and you played the part of mickey iris in the episode baby swap baby swab slash flowers from hell we the people is something that if you were an actor in los angeles around that time it's very likely that you were on it at some point and the process for casting this was it was somewhere in Culver City. It was a very big room and they call a lot of different types of people together because it's sort of, it's a show that's a reenactment of court cases. So you're reenacting an actual court case, but you're making up all the dialogue. And I don't remember, I think I was a florist, which I think is why, why, why my name was Mickey Iris. And I don't remember what, I, if I was the defendant or the accused, but I... But you were, you were, well, that's a, a still either way is a, a primary focus of this, of a court case, defendant or accused. I was, yes, very, very big role for me. And I think I was paid $40 for this role, but I was on TV. My uncle in Michigan did see me. So that was my, and that has, must have, have been the first ever, year I moved there. Has anyone ever recognized you from this episode of We the People? my uncle in Michigan. Okay. Hopefully he would have <laughs> recognized you anyway. I think that was about as far as my fame spread from that role, but that okay. was the first time I was on television, not yeah. as like a, as, as a named story. character, a named character. It's and I was nothing. paid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing is a short film called the photographs of your junk. Uh, open parentheses, will be publicized, exclamation mark, close parentheses. And you played the role of audience. That was hard because I had to be 50 people at <laughs> once. Um, that was something, I think that was the tail end of when I did audience and extra work for free. I did it a lot in New York because I just wanted to say yes to everything. And I started to do it in LA for the same reason. And I actually think that was sort of the right move because even from, from all that, I did meet a lot of really interesting people, um, but I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't be somewhere for five hours for free. Um, and, um, but yeah, that, that's sort of the end of that. It was an enjoyable time sitting in an audience. That was actually Greg's friend. 
Greg's friend who performed that. Um, oh, it was just a, a one-man show or something? It was just a one-man show, and it's, it's, um, it's, Oh, I so, think so I should... you weren't you weren't actually playing an audience member. You were an actual audience member. Oh, I just sat there. Yeah. I, oh, I, I see. And I okay. actually have tried to take that off my IMDb, not because I'm not proud of being a part of that video, <laughs> but just because for a while that was the only thing on my IMDb, and it just looked like I did weird stuff if people didn't know what that was. Right. <laughs> an audience member is not going to particularly get an agent excited about you. Usually, your extra work doesn't show up on your IMDb, but that one's there to stay. So now I embrace it. Okay. Uh, till the heat death of the universe, audience member. Uh, <laughs> so now you are in, in 2012, you were in the episode, The Breakup of Glee uh, as library girl, but apparently it was uncredited. It was, I was non-union. And I thought I was submitting for an extra role, an extra role that paid something. I did get paid something for that. I don't remember what it was, probably like a hundred dollars. Um, that was an intense audition process and that I thought I was just going to be cast as an extra. And then it was actually on like the lot where they film Glee and um, like some guys driving me and this like these two other girls around in a golf cart and we're going to meet the director of the episode. And I'm like, what is this? Um, and while we were sitting and waiting, I actually got to meet, um, I think his name is Corey Monty, the one who played Finn, um, who died I now. Know. Oh, but, I, I um, did know one of them died. Uh, yeah. And, um, and he, he came up to me and he said, Oh, I think I know you from somewhere. And I was like, no, you don't. He's like, no, really, I think I do. And I was like, no, I promise you, you do not. We have it was like, you were in the audience for the photographs of your junk. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what he was trying to tell me. Um, but I feel like he was just actually trying to be nice and start a conversation. And I just like did not pick up my end of it. Um, and um, then we we stood in a line and the director said, all right, everyone, now it's not personal. We're just going for a really specific look. And if we don't cast you in this, we'll make sure to cast you down the line. Um, and then he just walks past, past, past us. He points at me and says, you. And so I got to stay and the other <laughs> girls got to leave. Um, and then I came back and I filmed my scene with um, Santana, with Naya Rivera. Um, and- Do you have dialogue? Um, no, I did not. So she has a monologue where she looks at me, which is why it's a strange role because I don't have a speaking part. I'm not a character that comes back but I am the cause for the breakup between like everyone on the show's favorite couple because okay. she basically she thinks I'm hot. And so she has a crisis and she goes and breaks up with her girlfriend. All right. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so she has a monologue about me and we filmed some stuff that they didn't end up putting in there where like I go and I like, I like was like smelling her neck, um, which never made the cut. Um, and yeah, that was my first time I was hate blogged about on the internet. Because you know, I was just about to make a joke that there are hate blogs about you. <laughs> That's actually true. That did there are hate blogs about me. They're like, who is this ugly bitch? And I was so happy. And this is because like they, they liked the, they were angry at the character for breaking the, the other two up. Is that? Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, there wow. were some creative ones that I don't remember, but basically they were just like, She's the worst. I was <laughs> proud to be a part of the lore. Wow. Um, do, you, do you have a page on the Glee wiki? 
do you think? I don't know because, you know, I'm still uncredited library girl. Right, so I, I don't know that I, I merit a page. Um, I was very excited because I got my own trailer or like my own like part of a trailer. Wow. Um, and I was very excited because they changed my name actually from library girl to hot girl. And my, <laughs> the hot girl was on the trailer, but um, that seemed it library girl seemed better for IMDb seemed more on brand. I don't know for, for considering what we've been talking about for getting more jobs. I don't know. Um, I just didn't know if I could uphold it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so the next thing was a documentary called killer kids. And you played Alyssa Bustamante. Is that yes. how you pronounce it? I, I Bustamante. I think so. Um, in, she's, in the, she's a real person actually. In the episode um, called Bustamante. So again, a primary role in this, in this episode. That was actually very fun. And Killer Kids is another show that if you were in LA during that time as an actor, I promise you, you were probably on Killer Kids at some point. Um, and a lot of people I talked to had the experience of they just sort of, you know, clocked in and clocked out of that job and sort of just did you know, they said, oh, the director didn't really care or, oh, it was something. But I had a director that was awesome. And um, I had a really great time. That was one of my favorite things I've filmed. Um, I wish it had been a feature instead of, you know, reenactment footage because um, I really had um, a lot of time. <laughs> I had a lot of fun diving in. And, um, you know, we shot some footage on an iPhone, which was edgy at the time to like broadcast that along with the other footage. Um, yeah, I, like the director was just really committed to actually making something dynamic. And I got to improv um, my interrogation scene with the police. So that was fun. And I learned that I was cast because the audition was, um, I think there may have been a script and then the rest of it was improv. And one of the questions that we had to improv in the audition was casting asked me, what is it like, what does it feel like to kill someone? And I said, well, have you ever killed a chicken? <laughs> and the director said, that's why he cast me. <laughs> that was my response. <laughs> I have not killed a chicken. Okay. Um, only with complicity with eating meat, you know. Right. But uh, so the next thing is another short called "The Trestle at Pope Lick Creek," uh, and you played Pace Cregan. A whole bunch of words that don't seem to go together. What was that um, about? That is a based on a play by Naomi Wallace. And that was an AFI short film that got into Cannes and Sundance and pretty much all the festivals. And I was really excited for them to make the feature and for me to get nominated for an Oscar because that seemed like the path that like I had the best shot at, but it did not end up happening. But um, it was still very cool because I, I didn't know who Naomi Wallace was at the time, but now I'm a fan. And so I think it's exciting that um, my friend told me they showed the film at NYU Tisch. So that is sort of, you know, I try to not brag about that too much, but I obviously failed just then because <laughs> my achievements are yeah, but the, class, the top right there. <laughs> the class was on like what not to do if you're acting <laughs> in a short film. But they still showed it. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was fun. Um, it was a period piece, 1930s. I played a suicidal tomboy, so right on brand. Um, and yeah, we shot it. We shot it in the desert outside of California. Um, I'm still good friends with the director and my co-star. Um, that's that one is less of an interesting story and in that it just went really well and was really fun. And um, I think like most actors that watch their performances from a decade ago, I wish I could redo my performance. <laughs> Fair enough. Next is a TV series. You, were, you seem to be in three episodes of Seedlings in 2013 as Villager. You were in Fire Festival Part 2, The Pumpkin Festival, and Hard Time. Were those all consecutive episodes or were those spread out? I don't remember. They were probably spread out. And I'm a little bitter that I was credited as Villager instead of Flower Lady when my role was Flower Lady and I would be referred to as Flower Lady. And I had maybe like three or four lines um, but it was very exciting. It was actually, it's actually an animated show that my friends made and it's very impressive. And it's funny if, if you or anyone wants to look it up, I think it's probably still on YouTube, um, or somewhere, but it's, um, a very clever show. And oh, yes, it does um, say voice. I didn't, I didn't say that. Oh, I okay. did break up with one of the writers and he threatened to kill flower lady, <laughs> but they were kidding. <laughs> Okay. Thank it God. Was funny. Thank God they were kidding. <laughs> That's why I'm only in three episodes. <laughs> um, now this, the next thing I've, I, I, I remember actually seeing this. This was, uh, Hey Ash, what's your play? And now this was this, it, maybe it's still going. This was a, a, a reasonably successful web series, right, about video games. Yeah, um, I was in. I will say about those episodes when I think about them is I had very very short hair. And I had very short hair because I was paid $900 to cut it from a modeling job. And I regretted it because it was a, it was a pixie cut that I just don't think looked very good on me. Um, so I guess to say, if you, if you want to look up those episodes and see me feeling very insecure about my physical body, then like go right ahead. Um, but no, Hey Ash is done by um, some friends of mine that I sort of fell into their group because I moved into their house when I first moved into LA. And there are some of the same people. Um, my friend, Justin, who uh, was involved with Hey Ash also wrote Seedling. So that's how I was involved in both of those is good old fashioned randomness. Yes, you. Oh, it looks like you played two different characters. Oh, now they're named, but you, were play, you played someone in the League of Girl Gamers and then Too Hot to Handle's Minion. Which again, I think that I... was basically the same person, but oh, it's okay. nice that they gave me two names. <laughs> I think I saw that last one. Um, yeah. And those, did you get recognized from any of those? I did not. I look very different. Um, okay. I don't think you would be able to recognize me. And I wasn't a very important um, character. I was sort of supporting my friend, my friend Tamara's, who, who was the main nemesis. And I was sort of just her minion. Um, but yeah, but a lot of people um, recognize the web series, which is very, it's very funny, well done web series. Great. Uh, next is in 2014, Expressway to Your Skull, where you played Cindy. I, th I remember, uh, I think you, you posted something about this, but you were, you were killed in a horror movie. Is that what I'm thinking of? Or is that something else? I was killed in a horror movie. Um, that was another one where 
first of all, I will say that that movie was very great, very proud of it. Everyone involved was super lovely. The music was cool. Like it was just a really um, fun movie. I feel like when you're in your first low budget horror movie, people expect to not, very small things from it. <laughs> um, and I think it really did a good job of actually being a just a really a really solid low budget horror movie. But I will say within that, that's another thing where um, I think between the time we shot it and the time we did the reshoots, I'd gained like 10 to 15 pounds, which is noticeable on camera when you're relatively like small to begin with. And I told my friend who was with me, I said, oh man, I, I gained a lot of weight in that movie. Um, and she was like, no, you're crazy. And we walk out and an old woman comes up to me and she says, you were in that movie. I said, yeah. She goes, did you lose a lot of weight? <laughs> There's a lot of things. Like, how did my that? grandma get here? <laughs> That's it. So this, I'm, I'm, I'm mainly surprised that an old woman was watching this low budget horror movie. She was probably someone's grandma. Okay. I don't know why else she was, was there. In the movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now uh, in 2015, you were, you played zombie R in zombie whisperer episode rex and tony this was a t another tv series i am not sure i've never ended up seeing it i did it as a favor to a friend who i was in a play with and i also did it so i could get a waiver to get into sag um the favor for my friend succeeded and it was fun i sort of vaguely remember stumbling around as a zombie by like a train track for a morning um but the, the paperwork for sag did not work i did not get into sag oh okay <laughs> And you're you listed as zombie R. Is that because you were a, a specific zombie in the show or I don't know? We they will just... never know. They probably tried to. So sometimes what you do for your friends when they do favors for you, like say one line in your movie or are an extra for you, is you give them a name so that their IMDb credit doesn't look like audience member. I see. <laughs> so he probably tried to give me a name so that it looked like I was a character when I was not. All right. I see. Uh, then 2016, you were Stacy slash Teenage Girl 2 in Girl Lost. I assume those are two different characters. No, that's exactly what I was just talking about, but that failed. So I got paid $50 off of Craigslist to be in this woman's movie. I was like a mean girl for like, you know, a line and it was fun. And me and the other teen girls asked her, I think there were three or four of us, hey, can you give us names? on our IMDB so that it doesn't look like we're just extras all the time. And she said, yes, totally. So then she did both. So we're Stacy <laughs> slash Teen Girl 2. And it's, it's so like she sort saying, of missed the mark the name, on what we meant. <laughs> this is the name of the character, but don't get any ideas. She's teenage girl number two. That's exactly what she did. And I to this day wonder if it was intentional. <laughs> that was Katie Royer. That was your IMDB page. Um, I hope that has offered some reflection and it's certainly given me an idea of how, of the first few steps of how to become famous. You have to get, you have to name your characters and <laughs> you have to know people. The, so the, the whole thing of this podcast, I guess, we, 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 we didn't really decide whether it was going to be a, ongoing thing or is going to be a mini series i think we what we alluded to in our conversation is that perhaps a good ending would either be us becoming famous or deciding to give up and become accountants i think that's 
think either one of those Can I hold you is to the that? only ending. Yes, that is exactly. the only time we will end the podcast. Should I add a third if we feel like it? Okay. Or no. <laughs> we'll keep that in. So the podcast will either end when we become famous, when we give up trying to become famous, or if we feel like ending the podcast. Those are the only three things. <laughs> if one of us dies, the other one's got to keep going. Oh shit, that's like maybe we should maybe we should like draw up a more official contract because if you die um i don't want to keep going <laughs> imagine if oh god i don't want to curse the universe but imagine if i died after this episode and you would oh. like to keep going with this fucking thing that would be a really like ya movie in the in the works it would yeah but I think actually we're good. We're covered by if we feel like it. So if you die and I feel like going on, I can. Fair enough. We'll keep that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to try and for the next episodes, we're going to try and interview some people that we know who are also in this business, whether they will agree with our take on fame and becoming famous. I don't know. They might think that we're terrible people for saying this. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Is, is there room in this beginning episode to sort of lay out a little bit of why do you, Nick, want to become famous? And why do I, Katie, want to become famous? And what does fame mean to you? Like just a little bit, because I feel like our perspectives on it are important for people okay. to at least know, at least at the beginning. So the question is, Casey, why do you want to become famous? And what's the main thing you want to become famous for? Why I want to become famous, a few things come to mind. It would make my life a lot easier. I think, I think something that always appealed to me was being that person whose presence is just automatically very useful. Um, the idea that I could get something greenlit just by my existence or that I could, you know, donate a million dollars to like solve some world crisis. Like I could use it to save the world. Like being famous seems like the best currency or a very useful currency in terms of just like not having to worry about a certain amount of things, like not having to worry about my rent, not having to worry about, am I doing good in the world? Because here is my presence. I'm green lighting films. I'm donating lots of money. Um, I'm exciting. Like if somebody meets me during the day, like that's a story they can tell. Like, um, so like that I think was sort of something that always drew me in. I used to say that it was because I watched one too many episodes of Entourage, um, which I how still- many is one, How many is one too many? That's debatable, but I've seen every single one and I saw the movie by myself in theaters. And so. what, would, what would the correct amount of episodes of Entourage be? I don't. I've never seen a single <laughs> one, but if I started, where should I stop? Um, <laughs> this may be off the record. I feel bad disparaging people's work. The last like season and a half, you could probably skip. Okay. I'd say you could watch, you could watch the first few seasons and then head to the movie. Oh. Um, uh, but I think, I think, and there's a, there's a quote that I think I've shared with you before. Um, that made me think a lot about my personal desire of, of to become famous on there's, I think there's a practical level of fame 
that I think I still believe in. Like I still believe that if I were famous, my life would in many ways be easier. Um, If I was famous for writing or acting or directing something artistically related. Um, And then I think there's the other side that I think I've actually cured myself of a bit or I think there's the other side which I have a different relationship with now which is being really well known and I can't find the quote uh, but there's a mythologist Michael Mead who says that the word famous used to mean known well and now it means well known so I think that desire to be seen um, can sort of get shifted into the desire to become famous rather than being really deeply known by the people that are actually in your life and really feeling seen. Um, So I think that was a part of it in the beginning as well that I maybe didn't realize. I think for me, sort of tying into that is that I guess, I don't know, I, I feel like, I mean, without getting too sad, I feel like the people within my life, maybe not my the close friends, but people I want to be closer with, I feel unable to make myself known to them, if that makes sense. I have a lot of things that I want to say, and I feel that, you know, as awful as it sounds, I feel that fame or some form of, of notoriety makes those things more valid, or at least appear more valid to people. Um, I and I want to be I don't know I want people to pay attention to me I guess I feel kind of like I'm most of the time I'm sort of shouting into the void I imagine this is a, a is a common thing for a lot of people um and I want to be you know I yeah as you said I want the my reputation to precede me I guess um and people to I, I want to already be a valid real notable person to someone before I meet them because it's very difficult to achieve it mm-hmm. otherwise. 